Well, James chapter 3 this morning, I think, Lord willing, we'll finish out this chapter today. Um, I think when I had originally looked at this, I think I had 14 lessons I was kind of looking at, and I think we're on 14 today. Uh, so, the Lord's uh, kind of worked a little differently than I originally had thought, uh, which is a good thing uh, for me personally, and hopefully you've enjoyed it so far. Uh, but this morning we're going to start verse 13, read down through the end of the chapter in verse 18. <clears throat> we're going to talk about some godly wisdom this morning, or uh, maybe more appropriately, do you have godly wisdom? And uh, so let's begin reading in uh, verse 13. It says, Who is a wise man endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. <clears throat> but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of the righteous is sown in peace of them that make peace. Heavenly Father, we do thank you, Lord, once again for the opportunity uh, to come together and, Lord, uh, get into your word a little bit in the Sunday school hour. And we pray, Lord, for your blessing, for your Holy Spirit filling, and Lord, that you just uh, do a work in each and every heart. Uh, help us to be more like Christ through the things that we learn today. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> So this morning, do you have godly wisdom? So verse 13, if you look at that one real, with me real quick, who is a wise man endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. It says, the kind of wisdom a person possesses uh, will be revealed by the kind of life that they live. Uh, you know, so it's been said that wisdom is God's character in action, uh, but... The way that you conduct yourself, your conversation, your behavior is an indication of the wisdom that you're living by. And uh, those who possess human wisdom will demonstrate uh, by their lives that they do not have a saving relationship with Christ. And we see some of those characteristics in verses 14 uh, down through 16. I'm going to read them again for you. But if you have bitter envyings and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. And it says this wisdom descendeth from, or not from above but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envying strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. And so those without uh, a Christ-like wisdom or God's wisdom, uh, there's some character traits there. And then uh, there's those that possess Christ and, and have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, and they ought to manifest the wisdom of God Amen. in our Christian lives. They ought to. And we kind of see a description of those in verses 17 uh, and 18. It says, but this wisdom is from above. So it's contrary to that. The other is not from above. Uh, it's earthly. Uh, but this is from above. It's uh, first pure, peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy, good fruits, and without partiality, without hypocrisy. And uh, <clears throat> so this morning, uh, do you have godly wisdom? Wisdom is measured by deeds, not degrees. I got a fancy bachelor's degree. I don't know if you know that, you know. Um, I don't think it really means much, honestly, but um, wisdom applies to life. And you can have all the degrees that the world has to offer, 
and lack wisdom. Uh, true, biblical, God-given wisdom. Uh, it, it doesn't come from the institutions uh, of education in our society, academia. Uh, it really doesn't. You, there might be some gleanings from some of those places uh, as they, uh, honestly, as they steal from God. Uh, especially I would like to think that the Bible colleges of America would, uh, would be teaching some of those biblical traits that, uh, that would be godly. But um, really, that's not where you get wisdom. I thought this quote was appropriate this morning uh, regarding human wisdom. Human wisdom panders to the flesh, elevates desire, supports pride, advocates independence, and makes man the center of everything. I thought that was pretty accurate. If you look at the wisdom of the world. Uh, and and the, the, where the focus is on that. And uh, we see that clearly in, in verse 14. And human wisdom is motivated by bitter envying and strife. Those are some very selfish character traits. Uh, the envying um, that is there. It's motivated uh, <clears throat> oftentimes uh, through a selfish nature. Uh, and we know that our motiva- motivations come from the heart. Uh, Matthew 15, verses 18 and 19 say this, But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceedeth evil thoughts, murderers, adulteries, fornication, thefts, uh, false witness, and blasphemy. So we know that the heart is, is kind of the center of, of our actions. Uh, it says... It says... I'm reading my notes to myself. Uh, my notes say... <laughs> uh, those whose lives are motivated by human or earthly wisdom are inevitably self-centered. Uh, you can't get around it. Uh, they, uh, Romans 2, 8, and 9, uh, I'll, I'll steal from there. It says they do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness. Uh, it's very selfish. Human wisdom is characterized by envying and strife, as we see in verse 14. What is envying? Uh, i got some definitions here for you. Feeling uneasiness at the superior condition and happiness of another. I have to admit I've felt that before. You look at somebody else and you kind of envy their state. Uh, you kind of envy the condition that they're in and, and how they're in a superior condition. Uh, they appear to be doing better. They're more well off. Maybe they're smarter. They're wiser. Uh, maybe they're happier, or at least they appear happier. There's a lot of fakes out there uh, that would appear happier. And so uh, indignation or jealousy, so it's really a, a, a rooted, in, and in the root of this word it has uh, the idea of heat, almost like an anger. Uh, envying, strife, exertion or contention for superiority. So you had this envy, right? That's there in, in desiring and looking at the, the better condition of another. And what does that often lead to? Strife. You begin contending and trying to outdo those individuals. Maybe you do, uh, what was that skater's name? Tanya Hardy, is that her name? She took out her competitor's knee. Uh, I have a knee. My knee's sore today. Maybe that's why I haven't thought of that. But, um, you know, there was a little strife there. Uh, looking at this person that was probably going to beat her. And she said, well, you know what? I'm going to rise up and I'll solve this problem. Uh, envyings and strife and uh, emulation. It has the idea of emulation and uh, with physical efforts, right? Taking action against people. 
emulation, a striving to equal or to do more than others to obtain carnal favors or honors. Do you find yourself competing with other peoples out of envy? Uh, you begin to, to strive over things and uh, there's, a, there's some anger there, some enmity uh, in that word. The definition has the word quarrel, uh, struggling for superiority. Uh, that's the wisdom of the world. And when it abounds, we see it in, even in academia. Everyone wants to be better than the other, and they've got to show someone else up. And, and uh, you see it in the military uh, when it's time to compete for promotion. Right? There's uh, a lot of envying and strife and undercutting and backbiting and backstabbing and those kind of things oftentimes. Uh, and we need to be careful. And listen, these are character traits from wisdom that shouldn't be identifiable in our lives as believers, as Christians. But if you're honest with yourself, I, I, I'm guessing you'll probably notice that you've experienced some of these emotions or feelings. And hopefully you didn't take action and take somebody's knee out. Um, <clears throat> but that's the, the wisdom of the world. It's earthly. Uh, it approaches life as if God doesn't exist. Uh, as if God doesn't exist. 1 Corinthians 1.19-21 says, For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and I will bring to nothing understanding of the prudent, where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that it is the, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. God's wisdom is superior. Amen. And I know you guys understand that, but sometimes we just need to be reminded of some of the scripture that's in the Bible. Because I'm not sure if y'all are reading it. No, you guys are a rough crowd. Oh, I only get something from Pastor, right? But um, listen, we need to be in the Word. But this wisdom is earthly. It's of this world. And it's limited to the present world. It's very limited. God's unlimited. Uh, and so why would you want to uh, lower yourself to be satisfied with the wisdom of the world? Understanding is that it's limited, uh, and it's earthly, it's carnal, it's fleshly. It goes on to say it's sensual, it's of the flesh, uh, it has to do with human feelings or reasoning. And listen, it's not from God. Uh, it will lead you astray every time. It relates to the natural, fallen, unredeemed man. And in one of the definitions I saw this, it says bestial nature. I'll tell you what, I'm looking for something that's a little bit higher than the animal kingdom. Uh, some, some wisdom that's coming from a higher place. That wisdom that's above. But if you stick around in the wisdom of the world, it's below that. It's earthly. It's sensual. Uh, it, maybe not quite much above the animal kingdom. Uh, if you will. Um, the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, and he can't know them because they're spiritually discerned. And so in order to get wisdom, it, it comes from a spiritual source. We understand that. Before I get too far ahead of myself, it is devilish. What does that mean? It's demonic or it's of the devil. Um, 
it originates from Satan. Listen, the bottom line is it's anti-God. The devil opposes everything God wants. And so the wisdom that, that is from here onto this earth is opposed to God. Uh, it's demonic. It's devilish. And I want to remind you that the devil is the enemy of God. And he seeks your destruction. He's like the thief in John 10 that, that just comes in to steal and to kill and to destroy. That's the devil. That's the wisdom of the world. Uh, it's devilish. Uh, human wisdom results in confusion in every good work, in every work. Look at verse 16. For where envying and strife is. So, so where these things, uh, these characteristics uh, are displayed or acted out in life, right? Where, where this worldly wisdom is. This worldly wisdom that uh, breeds strife and envy. There is confusion in every evil work. How contradictory. This wisdom breeds what? Confusion. Look at our world. It's confused. It's messed up. But listen, that's the sensual, earthly, wicked, filthy wisdom of the world. And you just see it played out in the news, in the workplace. Uh, in our families of America today, the confusion that spread uh, because they've sought after the earthly or the human wisdom. The word confusion means disorder that comes from instability. I thought that was interesting. Uh, you, you feel any stability in the world sage today? Uh, not really at all. The, um, the, the only stability that we have in this world is the Lord. Is God. You can't put your trust in our government. Um, listen, I'm retiring in a couple weeks and I'm excited about it. Um, I'm thankful that I will have a pension. But the reality is, our nation may cease to exist someday and I won't have a pension. We cannot put our hope and our faith and our trust in the things of this world. It's unstable. It's confused. Uh, envying and strife breeds confusion. Uh, the real, one of the reasons the world is such a mess because it refuses to accept the wisdom of God. So here we are in just an utter state of confusion, uh, probably like no ever before in recent history. I would say Sodom and Gomorrah was pretty confused. There was some confusion before the Noah and the flood. So I don't know if it was ever worse than it is today. Uh, but we won't forget that it's waxing worse and worse. Uh, and, and so listen this morning. Uh, don't get wrapped up in worldly wisdom. First Corinthians tells us, For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. First Corinthians 3.19 The best thing that has to, the world has to offer, the smartest stuff we got, the wisdom of the world is foolishness with God. <clears throat> For it is written, He taketh the wise in their own craftiness. Boy, God can whip it right back around on them. <clears throat> the phrase, every evil work, implies that nothing of any ultimate good results from human wisdom. There's confusion and there's every evil work. 
Uh, it is absolutely worthless when applied to spiritual things, for sure. The wisdom of the world. Let's look at verse 17 and look at some, some godly wisdom or wisdom from above. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Godly wisdom views life from God's perspective and willingly submits to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Uh, it's contrary to that selfish, earthly, humanistic wisdom. Uh, and these godly, or this godly wisdom is totally different from the characteristics of human wisdom. Uh, really polar opposites. Uh, they, and they kind of really correspond with a lot of the Beatitudes. Um, but this wisdom, the, James here tells us, it's first pure. It's clean, free of contamination. Uh, you might say, it's holy like our God. It's not contaminated with that envying and strife. There is no confusion here. Uh, there is no evil work here. It is pure. Uh, it's not contaminated. Uh, it's innocent. It's, it's modest, chaste, clean. It's perfect, you might say. Uh, and you can't say that about earthly wisdom. Or humanistic wisdom. It's peaceable. It doesn't promote conflict because of selfishness. There is no strife. It generates peace rather than that envying and that strife and those, those contentions uh, that come up with, with earthly wisdom. It promotes peace through humility. Are you humble? Not because you said you're humble, <laughs> right? We're pretty good at that. A lot of times we self-proclaim a lot of Christian characteristics that we ought to have, but sometimes when, when the heat's turned up, we realize how lacking we might be in some of these areas. Um, Philippians 2, 2 through 4, it says, Fulfill you my joy that you be like-minding, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done, look, here it is, through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness in mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man on, uh, also on the things of others. Uh, man, how can you generate peace but greater by living the, those verses? Boy, no strife, no vainglory. You're not concerned about your own. You're just of a low uh, mind. You're, you don't care if somebody else gets to credit. Uh, you don't care if somebody else gets to promotion. You're excited about it there, that you're going to esteem them better than yourselves. You're not going to be concerned with them. Proverbs verses, or chapter 20, verse 3 says this, It is an honor for a man to cease from strife. Peace. It's an honor to cease from that. But look what it says, but every fool will be meddling. I thought that described women, but maybe not. You guys are a tough crowd. <laughs> women, yeah. That, but every fool will be meddling, that's... The definition of a woman, right? You guys are tough. Goodness. Now I'm meddling. <laughs> so, but to cease from strife. Listen this morning. Are you a peacemaker? Or do you glory in stirring things up? People do. People glory in that. Some people find great satisfaction by just stirring things up. Uh, I have to admit, I've done it at times. Uh, but listen, that's not a characteristic of godly wisdom. We ought to be uh, 
peacemakers. And not, and let me move on here. It is gentle. That idea there is it's appropriate for the situation or the circumstance. When you respond to people, is your response appropriate for the situation? Is it gentle? That doesn't mean that discipline doesn't need to take place or correction doesn't need to happen or things don't need to be reproved. But as you do those things, how are you responding? Uh, Is it because of your selfish nature? Oftentimes if you do that, you will have a very harsh response. And we, well, uh, I'm justified in this because they've done wrong. Listen, we all have done wrong. And our Savior is very gentle. When you see when he dealt with people in sin, uh, I always, I love the example of the woman at the well. Someone that's just steeped in sin. In that passage, we're told that she's living in sin at that moment. And our Savior is so gentle. Uh, And uh, what gives us the right not to be? 2 Timothy 2, verses 24 and 25 says this, And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient in meekness, meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. Listen, our God is long-suffering. Our God is patient. We ought to be willing to be gentle and, and apt to teach and to instruct. Oftentimes we respond harshly because we want immediate change. But sometimes they need somebody to gently bring them along and to teach them, to instruct them, to train them. Uh, Are you patient with folks? Uh, If you have three teenage boys, they'll try your patience, I assure you. Uh, And a good reminder for me on how to be gentle is to meditate on how Christ treated me. I think when I was lost, without Christ in my sins, and, and if I would, would have died, I would have went straight to hell, knowing that I, didn't, I was not saved and I, and I had transgressed the law of God. And those times in my bed at night, I was like, what does life mean? What is this all about? And you just go there. And God was just bringing me along gently. And in His providence, He was putting people in my path using my parents to instruct and to guide me and eventually lead me to the church service where I hear the gospel preached and I realize I need a Savior. He brought me along so gently. He wasn't harsh. Uh, The wisdom of God is gentle. I was lost and undone and the reality is I was the enemy of God and yet Christ was patient and long-suffering. He was gentle Listen this morning, we don't need to be harsh with others. Uh, especially those that are without Christ. Uh, and, and really the brethren as well. It, it goes on here and it says it's easy to be entreated. Uh, it has the idea of being agreeable, it's reasonable, it's teachable, uh, compliant. It is not being unbending or stubborn. That's the idea there. Easily be entreated. Uh, Proverbs 19.20 says this, Hear counsel and receive instruction that thou mayest be wise in the latter end. The idea is that you're entreatable. Uh, 
You can be entreated. You can be understanding, show show compassion. Listen, listen to the whole matter before you make a determination on something. Uh, That's wisdom. That's wise. Uh, It's easy to be entreated. Uh, It goes on, it says it's full of mercy. It has compassion for anyone suffering or needs some kind of support or assistance. Uh, Do you have compassion on those in need? Uh, Listen, we ought to be willing to love and forgive even when the problems we face are someone else's fault. Full of mercy. Might I remind you of the mercy that God has shown in your life? How dare we act and respond to somebody in any other way than with mercy? Uh, Again, think of all the mercy and grace and patience our God has demonstrated on our lives personally. We have no right to to do anything else but the same when we deal with other people. Uh, God's character and action, wisdom. It's full of good fruits. I think this is a good thought. It it is the actions that correspond to the attitude in the previous phrase here. So our attitude of mercy will move us to action. So it it says that it's, excuse me, it's full of mercy and good fruits. And so that mercy that we're full of causes us to move into action. Because we want to meet people's needs. We want to help them in their suffering. Uh, and so we be full of good fruits. Uh, good fruits. Uh, does your life demonstrate the characteristic of mercy when you deal with people? Uh, do your actions demonstrate that mercy? Uh, we ought to be willing to love and forgive uh, anything. We are instructed in Luke 6.36, Be therefore merciful... As your father also is merciful. So if you've experienced his mercy, uh, you ought to do the same for others. And don't forget Matthew 5, 7. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. So don't forget the great things that the Lord has forgiven you. And it will help you minister to others. Uh, People are difficult. Let's be honest this morning. Uh, Sometimes people are stubborn. Sometimes people are rude, harsh. Uh, But as Christians, uh, as spiritual Christians that say that we have God's wisdom or we're trying to live in the wisdom of our Lord, uh, do we respond similarly or do we respond with mercy and gentleness and try to create peace in those situations? our actions, good fruits. It goes on, it says it's without partiality. Uh, God's wisdom does not show favoritism. Uh, Listen, God didn't favor you over anyone else. The same mercy and gentleness and patience He's demonstrated to you, He'll demonstrate to the person in the seat next to you. Uh, There's no favoritism there. There's no respecter of persons with God, Romans 2.11 tells us. Uh, He's not a respecter. What gives you the right to do anything otherwise? To show partiality or favoritism, discrimination of some kind. 
You don't have a right to do that. Really on any basis. And it goes on and it says it's without hypocrisy. (laughs) Boy, this is a good Baptist church. There's none of that. Right? No hypocrisy in our midst. What does that mean? That we're perfect? No. But we're real. We're sincere. We don't pretend to be something that we're not. When we are open and sincere about our mistakes and our weaknesses, people respect us. I found that to be true. Uh, just be honest. Be straight. Don't put on a front and try to act like you're something that you're not. People will respect that. People appreciate honesty and openness, and they're really repulsed by phonies. Uh, you ever been around those folks? It's like, oh my goodness, I can't handle this. It's just disgusting. You know, it makes you sick because they're saying one thing and you know it's not the case in their life. So, yeah, I'm going to take counsel from you. You got it figured out. You're living in wisdom, idiot. <clears throat> Matthew 23, 27 to 27, or 28, it says this, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, fear like unto whited sepulchers, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones and full of uncleanness, or all uncleanness, Even so, ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. Full of hypocrisy and iniquity. On the outside, they've gussied it up. They got a nice blue suit on, looking sharp, right? Saying the right things, using the right vocabulary. But inside, it's just hypocrisy and iniquity. Dead men's bones. Listen, everyone knows you're not perfect. So don't act like you are. It's repulsive. Nobody's perfect. And we all have different struggles and different challenges. Yours might be different than the other. But be honest about it. It might be the same as the other and you can help each other. Right? If we would just be honest and talk about it. You can't bear each other's burdens if you're not open and honest and share those things with them. I'm afraid in the Christian life, oftentimes we don't like to do that. We like to put on a front, act like everything's thumbs up, A-OK. We got this whole thing figured out, but inside we're dead men's bones. And we're struggling and we're hurting, but because we won't be honest with ourselves, really, honest with the Lord and honest with the people that we fellowship with, we never get any victory because that's how God's designed it, that we'd encourage and exhort one another. Uh, there's no hypocrisy in God's wisdom. And so finally here in verse 18, and the fruit of the righteous is sown in peace of them that make peace. Godly wisdom results in the fruit of righteousness, sown in peace. Every life is a life of sowing and reaping. And we reap what we sow. Galatians 6, 7, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. Hopefully this, uh, later on this year, I'll get some apples. We have apples trees in our yard. I'm looking forward to reaping some of those. I love oranges, and I want some oranges, but I don't have an orange tree, so I'm probably not going to get any. Uh, You reap what you sow. So if you're struggling in these areas, uh, it probably has to do with your reaping process. Maybe you're reaping a little too much envying and strife. Because you're living in the world's wisdom. 
and not God's wisdom, the wisdom that's from above. Uh, those who have godly wisdom will sow righteousness and peace, we see here. Isaiah thirty-two seventeen says, And the work of righteousness shall be peace, and the effect of righteousness, quietness, and assurance forever. The work of righteousness shall be peace. And, and uh, those who have human wisdom will sow confusion and evil works. Contrary, right? For every envy and strife, is, there's confusion and evil works. And so this morning, as you examine your use of wisdom in this life, do you lack godly wisdom? When you see these character traits that we talked this morning, envying, strife, peace, gentleness, mercy, all these things that are opposite of the world's wisdom, do you see those characteristics displayed in your life? And if not, I want to remind you of chapter 1. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. God will be there to answer that prayer. I promise you. Let's go back to chapter 1. We can do so. i got an extra couple minutes here. I'm about to finish early, so we can't do that. (laughs) Verse 5, it says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. It says that giveth to all men liberally. He's ready to dispense that stuff. He's not going to upbraid you, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. There is a condition, though. You've got to ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like... Wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Verse 7, don't think you're going to get it. But verse 8, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. There's that confusion again, double-mindedness. Listen, ask God in faith, and He will give you wisdom. Heavenly Father, we do thank You for this day. Thank You, Lord, for Your Word. I pray, Lord, that You would help us to walk in wisdom. Lord, that You would give us the wisdom from above. And Lord, as we think about those character traits, and Lord, so many of those we know that we've experienced from you and how you've responded to us in love and gentleness and peace and patience. And I pray, Lord, that you'd help us to do the same as we go through this life, that we would truly live out the wisdom from above. We'll give you the thanks for it. We pray now as we go into the morning service, we ask for your blessing. Pray that you'd be with the preaching of the Word of God, that you would give liberty. Lord, I pray that each one would be attentive. And Lord, that you do work that only you can in each and every heart. We pray for the lost that are here today. Help them to understand their need of a Savior. I pray that anyone without Christ would turn to Him today. And Lord, I pray for the Christian this morning, the believers. We pray for conviction. Lord, that you would challenge us. Lord, to be doers of your word and to walk closer to you. Give us something to make us more like Christ today. In Jesus' name, amen.